Well, we're so grateful that uh, we're going to continue with our series today. And uh, we're in a series called Renew. And uh, today we're doing part three. And so if you want to uh, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. And uh, the word renew, just let me refresh your memory, means to resume an activity or something after an interruption. In other words, to pick something up again and to resume it. It also means to give fresh life to something or to strengthen something. So when God renews us, not only is he saying to us, I want you to pick up what you've left off, or I want you to continue with what you've been doing after an interruption, that's our part. But his part is bringing the fresh life, is bringing the strength and the ability to be able to do that. And so we've been looking at the word renew and trusting God that in this season, moving into the new year, that God will renew our lives. And I want you to know, he doesn't just want to renew your life, he wants to renew your vision. Because without a vision, your life will perish. Without your vision, your life will lose meaning and you'll give up your hope. So if you haven't yet got our our latest uh, goal-setting card and program with all our scriptures, uh, we're praying into next year, but we're also trusting God that we're going to finish this year strong. So on your way out, you can just pop past the info bar and you can pick up that card and you can start praying into the vision for next year. Where does God want you to get involved in the local church? How are you going to participate? And what is God putting on your heart for your personal life? You can also download it. It is on our website, rfcfc.com. And so we're going to continue today and we're looking at the end of renew. And what does the end stand for? Well, the end stands for never. Would you just say that with me? Say never. If you want to walk in renewal, you must never stop putting the word of God above everything else in your life. That is so important. So let's turn to an amazing story in Luke chapter 5. And it's a story about renewal in the Bible. And we're going to learn some things that we must never stop doing. I really believe as you're listening to this teaching, God's going to give you a rhema word. God's going to let something jump out at you that's going to be your word to encourage you in this moment and for this teaching. But also, you might want to add a whole lot of nevers of your own because I believe you can definitely add a few to the teaching as we go through it. So as you study it through in the week, download the teaching notes and and add your own nevers to this teaching. So Luke 5 There's this amazing story about Jesus and an encounter he has with Simon. Now, we know that after Simon was renewed, he became Peter, who is the little rock on which God built his church. And he became an incredible apostle of the New Testament. And I believe as we receive God's word, He's going to stir something in our hearts and begin to renew us. So let's have a look together at the story in Luke chapter 5 and verses 1. And we're going to go through it verse by verse. And we're going to learn a few things, I believe, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So it was, as the multitude pressed about Jesus to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. So the first thing that jumps out at me in verse 1 is here. Never stop 
pressing into God's word. We must never stop pressing into God's word. Look what it says here. It says the multitude was pressing into Jesus so that they could hear the word. The word of God is the will of God. The word of God is the power of God. And the word of God is the revelation that God wants to impart into our hearts that renews our minds. As we go through the story today, we're going to discover and we're going to see some incredible encouragements from the book of Hebrews primarily, that actually run parallel with this teaching. And the reason it's so important is that the book of Hebrews was written to wavering Jewish believers who wanted to quit. They wanted to give up serving God, and they wanted to go back to Judaism. They wanted to go back to their old ways because they felt like what they were trusting God for was taking too long. Anyone relate? But I want you to know that the writer of Hebrews begins to encourage them to never stop doing some of these things. And we're going to look at them as we weave our way through this teaching today. He basically says this to them and therefore to us. He says, never give up. It is always too soon to quit. And even in the moment when you want to give up the most, it's a moment where you can experience God renewing your faith. And I believe by the Spirit of God that's going to happen to us as we dig into the Scripture. So the first one we see is in Hebrews 6 verse 1. And look what it says here in verse 1. It says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, and of faith towards God. The Hebrew writer here is really saying this, God is not finished with you yet. God has not given up on you. Sometimes when you're serving God, things take long, but you need to remind yourself that in that He is busy perfecting you. He is busy strengthening you. And so he says it so nicely in verse 1. He says, listen, you've got to leave the elementary principles and you've got to push forward. You've got to press on and go on to perfection. He picks it up again in the same context in verse 9 of Hebrews chapter 6. Look what it says. It says, but beloved, how many of you know you are God's beloved? Beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Say better things. You are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. You see, There are better things ahead for you and I as we serve God. These things are things that accompany our salvation. God doesn't just want to save you so that you can go to heaven. He wants to save you and he wants to sanctify you and he wants to redeem you. And listen to this. He wants to use you in his kingdom to help other people. And that's the purpose of living for God. But here's the reality. You and I need to press into him. So let's say it out and let's remember this. Never stop pressing into God's word. You know, the more you dig into God's word, the more opportunity you have to receive revelation. Today, while I was praying and just waiting on the Lord for the service uh, tonight, I was just uh, 
reading my Bible and I was actually on my iPhone writing down some notes and just suddenly I thought, I'm just going to spend a bit of time in prayer. And so I picked up my, my spirit-filled living Bible and I, I took it and I opened it to a familiar psalm, Psalm 138. And I just started praising and blessing God and praying in the spirit a little bit. And suddenly verse 6 jumped out at me and I've read this psalm thousands of times probably. And verse 6 jumped out at me and God gave me a word. God gave me a fresh revelation. Why? Because the more you press into his word, the more opportunity you've got of getting fresh revelation. And you see, when you get a fresh revelation, you know what happens? God renews you. God renews your faith. God gives you. And when God spoke to you, I got so excited. I was like, wow, I've never seen that before from that perspective. And it gave me fresh insight. So let's go on in Luke chapter 5 and let's dig into this incredible story of renewal. So we know Jesus has come and and the crowds are pressing into him and the Bible says he's standing there by the lake. Let's read on in verse 2. It says, and they saw, and Jesus, speaking about Jesus, says, and he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, (laughs) You know, we think Jesus just did things, but Jesus had a purpose. Jesus had an encounter planned for Simon. And he gets into Simon's boat and asks him to put out a little bit from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. So our next encouragement is this. Never stop resting in trusting God. Never stop resting or never stop been comfortable or sitting at the feet of Jesus. Look what it says here. It says, Jesus sat down and began to teach the multitudes. So what happened here is notice that in verse 1, it says, as the people pressed into Jesus, how you know, it says he was standing by the lake. Then they pushed the, the boat into the water, and then it says he sat down. To teach them. How many of you know when we start trusting God in a new area, or when we're going through a circumstance, or when we're fighting a battle, how many know we start off by standing on the word? And we start speaking the word. We start believing the word. We start standing up to the enemy. But you know there comes a time where you've got to sit down. There comes a time where you've got to rest. And you've got to say, God, I've stood on your word. Now I'm going to allow your word to work. And you see, Jesus sat down. And so here comes the next encouragement that runs parallel. Look what Hebrews 4 and verse 1 says. It says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you should come short of it. There comes a time where you've got to sit down and you've got to trust God that he will finish what he started. How many of you are sitting out today and you say, well, I'm finished, I'm perfect, God is done with me? Anybody? No, because if you were, you wouldn't be here anymore. God would take you home. But you know what? He's busy. And sometimes we get to that place in our lives, listen to me, where we've just got to resign and we've got to sit down and we've got to say, God, I've done everything. I'm standing on your word. There's nothing more I can do, but I'm going to sit and I'm going to rest And I'm going to trust that you can do what only you can do. This is such an important part of walking in renewal. Because you see, rest speaks about sitting down. How many of you know Psalm 23 says this? 
He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. In other words, your enemies are all around you. It feels like they're going to defeat you. But what you're going to do? You're going to sit down and you're going to eat a meal with Jesus. Isn't that powerful? It's a picture of the storms are blowing, the battles raging, and Jesus says, come, sit, let's have a meal together. It doesn't make sense to the natural man, but it makes perfect sense to God and to the spirit man. You see, the problem with the church today is they're trying to do the work of God instead of letting God do the work through them. And the reality is this, God can do more in five minutes than you and I can accomplish in five years. And when we start to realize that and we surrender to that, we'll realize this, God's way, God's plan, God's strategy, God's timing is always better than ours. Think about Joshua. He'd been told to take the children of Israel into the promised land. And they crossed the, the, they crossed the river. They marched up to, the, to, to Jericho. And how many know there were these big, huge walls? They were thick. They were strong. They, they were impenetrable. And, and they were ready to fight. And guess what God says to Joshua? I want you to march around Jericho. And Joshua must have thought, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> he says, I want you to march around Jericho once a day for six days. And then he added something. And he says, keep quiet. I don't want you to say a thing. Why? He didn't want them to murmur, complain, or mess up what his plan was. And then on the seventh day, he said, you're going to march around seven times. And then you're going to blow the trumpets and you're going to let out a shout. And Joshua must have thought, that's a great plan, Lord. It makes no sense. But how you know God always knows better than we do? And when you rest in God and you allow God to do what only He can do, you'll experience the walls will come down. The doors will begin to open. And in His timing, God will make everything beautiful. Hebrews 4.11 says this, Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest any one of you fall short or fall according to the same example of disobedience. I don't know about you, but I've discovered in my life that rest takes diligence. You see, if you're going to strive, if you're going to work for anything, be diligent to work at getting into the rest of God. Because when faith comes, rest comes. And when faith comes and rest comes, I want you to know you've got to be diligent. You've got to be intentional. It does not come automatically. As a matter of fact, it's contrary to what the natural man wants to do. The natural man wants to work it, want to make it happen. What can I do? How can I change this? Who can I work? And sometimes you've just got to step back. I had such a, a, a great example today, and I want to just share it with you. Uh, I was sitting there uh, reading uh, my Bible and just, uh, like I said, preparing. And, and while I was doing that, I got an email come through. And guess what that email was? It was our electricity bill. The man is already laughing. Sometimes when you see your bill, you just got to laugh. And you know what happened? Is I opened the bill, I looked at it, and guess what I did? I sent it to Mandy. I just WhatsApped it to Mandy. And the Holy Spirit said to me, 
That's how you need to be with me. And I was like, what do you mean, Lord? He said, you didn't even look at the bill. You didn't see how much it was. You didn't even worry about it. I said, no, I sent it to Mandy because she'll take care of it. And guess what the Holy Spirit said? And I'll take care of you. When you treat your circumstances exactly the same, stop worrying about them. Stop trying to overthink them. Just send it to me and allow me to do what only I can do. You see, the electricity bills Mandy's responsibility. I don't care how much it is. I don't worry how much it is. And you know what? I have this absolute confidence. It'll get paid. Except this morning when our power tripped at 7 o'clock, I went to Mandy. I said, did you pay the bill? (laughs) I was worried maybe they'd cut our electricity, but they hadn't. Anyway, so that's what it means to rest. Let's go on in our story. Luke 5, verses 4 and 5. Let's read on in this incredible story of renewal. And it says, when he had stopped speaking... You see, Jesus was teaching the word. Jesus was teaching the word. And the Bible says when the word is preached, faith comes. And when he had finished preaching, when he had finished depositing faith in their hearts, the Bible says he stopped speaking. Now listen to this. And then he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. Verse 5. But Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Very important lesson. Whenever God finishes speaking, and there's that pause, that's that silence, God will give you an instruction. God will tell you to do something. He might tell you to sow a seed. He might tell you to forgive someone. He might tell you to phone someone. He might tell you to forgive yourself. He might prompt you to do something. And here's the thing. You might not feel like it. You probably won't. But like Simon, you've got to respond. You've got to say, Lord, I've toiled all night. But at your word, I will step out and do what you told me to do in faith. And you know what? It unlocks the supernatural power of God to work in your situation. So here's your next never. Never forget that your flesh is not saved. (laughs) Never forget that your flesh is not saved. What do I mean by that? Well, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and let's read from verses 9 down to verse 14. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all the things. Yes, the deep things of God. What did Jesus say to to Simon? Launch into the deep and cast your net on the other side. Sometimes God needs us to launch into the deep of His Word, into the deep of His Spirit, because He wants to reveal new things to us. Verse 11, For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Verse 12, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but that which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now look at verse 14. But the natural man, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. You see, if you allow your natural mind and your natural ability and your natural reason to take over, you'll miss out 
on the spiritually new things that God wants to do in you, that God wants to use to renew you. So we need discernment to know and recognize the things that are draining us, the things that are stealing our joy and our sustenance. And we need to realize that it's the Holy Spirit who will come alongside us and rise up within us and take us deeper. He'll assist us. He'll, he'll keep us and give us the strength to keep going the distance. So I want to encourage all of us today, and those of you who are watching online, whatever it is you're longing for and trusting God for, no matter how long it's been, been taking, no matter how long you've been waiting, you can trust Daddy God. You can trust your Father to lead you, to guide you. And you can know for absolute certain He has your best interests in mind. So trust Him. Trust Him. And realize that your flesh will never be saved until Jesus comes back. You keep having to put it down. Now look at an incredible scripture uh, as we conclude this point. In 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 to 18. This is such a beautiful scripture. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Why do we not lose heart? Because even though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed. There's that word. It's been renewed day by day. Then it goes on. Look at the next verse. It says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us. Listen, your light affliction, whatever it is you're going through, whatever you're battling in your life right now, whatever is trying to drag you down, listen, that thing is working for you, not against you. It feels like it's working against you, but let's read what he says. It's working for you a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while you do not look at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. Because the things that are not seen are eternal. I love what he says. The things that are seen are temporal. Can I encourage us today? Whatever you're going through is temporary. It cannot last forever. But what lasts forever is eternal. The eternal word of God. The power of your faith. The power of your hope. The power of the Holy Spirit working in you. That will last forever. So don't lose heart. Don't give up. And here's what you and I have to do. Stop looking at what we see. Start looking at what we don't see. The word of God. This word renewed is the Greek word anakainu. I think it's pronounced correct. Anakainu. And it means to be changed into a new kind of life contrary to your former corrupt state. God is busy working in you. So you see, when you yield your spirit to the Holy Spirit, it'll bring forth renewal. It'll bring forth a new faith and a new strength. And listen, it'll cause you and I to flow with God's plan for our lives, for the church, and for this moment. Luke chapter 5. Let's dig back into our story. Are you getting some help today? I hope you are. I hope God is building your faith and encouraging you. In Luke 5 verses 6 and 7 it says, And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Wow. They had toiled the whole night, caught nothing. They stepped out in faith on a word God gave them. They launched into the deep, threw their nets on the other side, and look what it says. It says they caught a net-breaking 
harvest of fish. And look what it says. They had to signal their partners to get into the other boat and come and help them. And they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. <laughs> what a powerful renewal. What a, what a beautiful encouragement. And here's what I want to say on this one. The next never. Never forget that God loves you. That God is on your side. That God is going to give you a net-breaking harvest. God's going to give you a turnaround anointing. God's going to take those things that are trying to drag you down, and He's going to turn them into a testimony. Why? You know why? Because He wants you and I to be a blessing. He wants us to walk. Listen, for me to be a blessing, it means I've got to be blessed. I can't be a blessing if I'm not blessed. And God wants to turn you into a blessing. Here's why love is so important. Love breeds confidence. When you know someone loves you, it gives you a confidence. It gives you security. And you know what it does? It causes you to have a never give up attitude. And so when you know God loves you, when you know your Father's for you, it creates a a never give up faith in you that says, you know what? I might be down, but I'm not out. I might be discouraged, but I'm not giving up. I'm going to rise up and I'm going to move forward. In Romans 5 verses 8, it says, But God demonstrated His love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9, Much more than having been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Look at verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through death, through the death of His Son, much more, say much more, much more, having been reconciled, will be saved by His life. Listen, if we were saved by His death, how much more won't we live through His life? God never gives up on us. Remember the story of the prodigal son? It's not just the story of the prodigal son. It's the story of the extravagant father with both his sons. The one that stayed was as backslidden as the one who left. But you know what? That father never gave up on them. He kept loving them. He kept encouraging them. He kept building them. Why? Because you're always children of God. You're not a slave. You're not a servant. You're a child of God. And he never gives up on you. He never gives up on others. And here's the reality. You're not greater than God. So don't you give up on yourself either. Have confidence that His perfect love and His perfect grace will keep working in you and you can keep moving forward. Now look what happens in verse 8. Look what happens to Simon. This is the moment of absolute renewal. In verse 8 it says, When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Here's your next never. Never forget that you have a real enemy. Never forget you have a real enemy. I want you to know Simon in this moment realized how depraved he was, how weak he was, how little faith he had, how undone he was and how much he needed Jesus. And he recognized the reality that there's a real enemy in our lives who wants to destroy us. He wants to break us down. He wants to stop us. And so you can write this down today. It's very important. Spiritual warfare is not a metaphor. It's a reality for the believer. 
Spiritual warfare is a reality of the spiritual realm. And if you want to stand and you want to make progress in your walk with God, you'll have to learn how to do spiritual warfare. You'll have to learn how to pray and stand strong. You'll have to learn how to apply the word of God to your life and exercise your faith from a place of rest. Because unless you learn how to engage seriously in spiritual warfare, you'll never be a serious player when it comes to God's renewal. And I don't know about you, but I want to be renewed in my faith. Many believers have been swept away by the demonic powers. And I want you to know they're not impressed by intelligence. They're not impressed by our good looks. They're only impressed by the power of Jesus Christ and the, and the weapons and the armor and the tools that God has made available to us in the spirit through Jesus Christ. So recognize today, warfare is real, but God has given you the weapons. And he says this, when you put on the armor of God, you're able to stand. Amen? You're able to win the battle because greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. These weapons have divine power to destroy the works of the devil and to break up the strongholds that would prevent you and I from making progress in our lives. God wants you not just to stand your ground, but he wants you to take back the ground that the enemy has tried to steal from you. He wants you to march into the enemy's camp and take back what he took from you. And when you're finished with that, go set someone else free and let them be freed from the enslavement of the enemy because you have the ability in Christ. And I love this in verse 9. Let's, let's conclude tonight. It says in Luke 5 verse 9, we've got a few more points, but let's just dig in together and uh, let's finish out strong. It says here in Luke 5, 9 to 11, it says, For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and the partners with Simon. And look what, this, look what happens. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. From now on, Jesus renewed Simon. Jesus gave him a new lease on life. Jesus gave him a new vision. And look what it says in verse 11. And so, so when they had brought their boats back to land, they forsook everything and started to follow Jesus. Isn't that an incredible story? You see, there's a big difference in working to gain someone's acceptance and working because someone has already accepted you. And you see, what we do as preachers sometimes, and, and we, we do this wrong and we do it as leaders, is we preach to people, you've got to give up everything and follow Jesus. Well, that's true, but listen, there's a whole lot of things that happen before you do that. Jesus didn't have to say to Simon, follow me. All he had to do was renew him, reveal his miracle power, and have an encounter with him. And when that happened, when he experienced the love and the grace and the power and the deliverance and the miracle, guess what? The most natural thing for him to do was to forsake everything and start following Jesus. Simon said, Lord, everything that's mine is yours. I'm here. I want to follow you. And so... Here's the last few encouragements. Let me just throw them out at you. You go think about them. The next one is this, and they all tie into this. Number one, never stop being bold for God. 
Never stop being bold for God. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne room of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Do you have a time of need? Then run to Jesus and boldly ask him for what it is you need. You see, you and I have to put Jesus above everything else in our lives. He is the number one. He is the most important thing. Number two, the next one on this point is this. Never stop getting close to Jesus. Never stop running into his presence. Hebrews 10.22 says this, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. What is that? The water of the word. God wants us to keep trusting him. Instead of worrying, no matter what the future looks like, keep your eyes on Jesus. You see, I've learned this, trusting God is a process. It's not a once-off thing. As a matter of fact, there's seasons in my life where I've had to trust God and repeat my faith every hour, every minute, because I felt so anxious about what I was facing. Then there are times where you do it weekly, and then there are times when you do it monthly. But you keep trusting God. You never stop getting close to Jesus. The next one, never let go of your faith. Never let go of your faith. Hebrews 10.23 says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. We might get tired, but God never does. You see, put the voice of God above everything else. He is the good shepherd. He watches over his word to perform it. Start declaring boldly, I'm expecting God to do some amazing things in my life. I'm expecting God to turn my situation around. I'm expecting God to heal me and deliver me in this moment. And you see, not in an arrogant way, in a humble way that says, you know what? I can't do it, but God can. And then finally, and maybe the most important, never stop considering other people. God saved you because he had someone else in mind. In Hebrews 10 verse 24, it says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but encouraging one another, and so the much more as you see the day approaching. Church, let's get busy. Maybe you've been standing back, you haven't been attending church yet because of COVID. And if you're older or if your health is compromised, I understand that. But you know what, church? It's time to get back into fellowship. It's time to start connecting with each other again. And it's it's time to start reaching out to our neighbors and to our community and telling them about the grace and the goodness of Jesus. You see, we saw earlier that God never gives up on us. But we need to make sure that we never give up on others because they are valuable to God. People are important to God. And so we must do our best. I know it's tough sometimes, but we must never give up on others. In Psalm 55, verse 22, and I'll close with the scripture. Every head bowed, every eye closed. It says in Psalm 55, verse 22, I love this. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Isn't that beautiful? You're righteous today and you will not be moved. So while every head is bowed, every eye is closed, if you're watching online, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, 
If you need to rededicate your life to Him today, maybe you walked away and, 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 and things got crazy and you haven't been serving God the way you know you want to. Well, His love is drawing you back right now. Perhaps you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. If that's you, would you just pray this simple prayer with me from Romans 10. Just repeat this loud with me. Say, Father, I believe today Jesus is your Son. That He died on the cross and that you raised Him from the dead so that I could be saved. I acknowledge and accept Jesus into my heart as my Lord and Savior. I rededicate my life to you today. And I welcome your Holy Spirit to fill me and to baptize me so that I can speak in my heavenly language. I thank you that I received this by faith in Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer, we'd love to hear from you. Would you send us a WhatsApp or drop us an email? It's appearing on the screen right now. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to send you a Bible and we'd love to encourage you in your journey of faith with Jesus from this point forward. Don't forget, you can connect with us through our website, rfcfc.com. We'd love to connect with you and uh, tell you more and share with you uh, the vision of our local church. Let's pray together as we close. Father, I thank you for everyone online and I thank you for everyone in this building today. I thank you right now in this moment, you are renewing their strength. You are renewing our faith. And just like Simon Peter, Father, you're going to tell us in the days to come, launch out into the deep. Go and do this. Go and do that. And when we respond and obey, we'll experience your renewal. And you know what, Lord? We're going to follow you because you love us. I pray for every person under the sound of my voice. And I declare a blessing of God's favor, of God's grace to increasing your life. And you're going to go from strength to strength in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you for joining us online. And we're so excited and so encouraged that God is doing a great work in your heart and in your life. Enjoy the rest of your week.